Welcome to the Church Leadership Podcast, your weekly source for encouraging and equipping local church leaders with your hosts, Mark Ganey and Andy Frazier. In each episode, Andy and Mark sit down with church leaders that you should know. We believe these honest conversations will be helpful and encouraging to you as you lead the local church. Here is this week's episode. Welcome to episode number 64 of the Church Leadership Podcast. We have a fantastic conversation with Jay Gordon headed your way in just a minute. But before we get there, I want to remind you to go over to your favorite podcast app, whether it's Apple or or Google or Stitcher or any Spotify, any of those, and make sure you subscribe, like our podcast, comment. We want to hear from you. Uh, we don't want you to miss a single episode of this podcast. And, you know, we've been, we've been coming to you in the middle of COVID-19, and uh, sometimes we've been talking about things to get our minds off of it. Sometimes we've addressed certain things related to it. Today's episode is like that, and so we are glad that you have joined us on this week's episode. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the podcast. Today, it's our honor and privilege to somehow get into the busy schedule of one of our great friends, and it is it is truly a blessing to get to spend some time with our good friend, Jay Gordon, today. Jay serves as the adult and small group minister at the church at Brook Hills in Birmingham, Alabama, and he's also a co-host. Of, he's a fellow podcaster. He co-hosts a podcast called Great Groups. And we'll share a little bit more about that during the podcast today. But Jay, we are so thankful for you to be on the podcast with us today. Hey, thanks so much. It's my pleasure to be on with you guys and look forward to talking about groups. It's a passion of mine and uh, we could talk for hours. Yeah, literally we could, (laughs) we could. And and so Jay and I go back several years. Um, Actually, I, I was, I was his daughter's teacher uh, at a local Christian, uh, classical Christian school several years ago. And that's how we, uh, came in contact with one another and, uh, followed one another over the years. And so, uh, Jay, it is really good to have you. And so let's, let's kind of launch into this. We're, we live in a crazy time. Um, you know, even if you're living under a rock at this point, you, you know, things are different and, and, uh, and our approach to ministry has changed our approach to discipleship hopefully hasn't changed a whole lot, but we may have to adjust it a little bit, but certainly one thing that's been impacted is, is small groups, whether you call them Sunday school, life groups, small group, whatever you call them, our approach has had to change because we can't gather in person. So Jay, tell us a little bit about the success and your approach you have seen at Brook Hills in terms of groups during this time. Well, like you guys, we had already been doing some discipleship huddles through Zoom, and I've been familiar with that quite a while, and it, it looked like an obvious place to to go. We started out with looking at our church, having accounts, and realized, hey, it, it's going to be a lot easier if, if our small group leaders just get their own account. And so one thing with Zoom, it's limited to 40 minutes on the free account. Uh, we discovered a service called Jitsi, J-I-T-S-I, and it's unlimited, and some of our groups have had a great experience with that. But for the most part, many people in business were already familiar with Zoom, so um, our people have gone out and, and, and done that. And we, as far as our adult groups, over 98% of our groups are meeting on Zoom or Jitsi or WebEx or one of those type things. And so we've had um, really good success with that. It's, uh, it's excited me that many of our leaders have reported either the same amount of participation or higher participation. Some of our leaders are just really excited. They'll email me about how many people they had participated in their meeting. And so that's been an interesting side effect that uh, that we've noticed in some of those meetings. And so we're excited about that. 
Jay, let me ask you about that real quick. Uh, that's very encouraging. It sounds like a lot of other churches are experiencing the same kind of uh, interaction and engagement through these online uh, or, or video calls that the groups are getting to, to meet and connect. Uh, share with me a couple of things about that. I mean, do you feel like this is something that's here to stay uh, even after our churches reopen? And uh, in, the, in the midst of these these groups meeting online, uh, how are you seeing that help your church body to be encouraged and equipped during this time? Well, one of the main things, I'm, I'm excited that it just allows us to stay connected with one another. Uh, we can still share prayer requests, pray for one another, support one another, encourage one another with texts and calls, you know, following up with prayer requests and those type things. I am really, I haven't figured out, like many people, I haven't figured out where this leads to the future once we once we get back but um one of the things i'm excited about is is just the fact that um it's allowed so many people to stay connected to a high level um i know as we transition back to real groups people are going to come back uh some quicker than others and so there's going to be a place where we have half the people together and maybe half the people in a home still uh, one interesting thing I've, uh, as I've sought to be involved in, and get some answers to some questions, I got connected to Saddleback Church's um, online groups pastor. I mean, they have a guy working full time with just right. online groups, and that was going even before this crisis. And one of the things I heard him say in a in a Zoom meeting with him was that their goal there, on an ongoing basis, was to get people into a group and then eventually move them to an in-person group. And so, you know, I, I concur with that feeling that being in person is best, but I think sometimes it's just really easy for somebody to connect with an online group. Uh, there's, you know, particularly like where they are in California, you know, you're not having to get in your car and drive somewhere and get caught in traffic a long time. You don't have to handle childcare. Um, I'll say this, one of the discipleship huddles that I'm a part of we meet on Tuesday nights at 8.30, and the two guys in the group are both parents of young kids. It gives them a chance to get the kids in bed, right. help, you know, help the wife with, with that, you know, and then um, just focus on the huddle for a little while. So in a lot of ways, I can see that as, as something that's positive, but I will admit also that one of the things Brook Hills did, we tried to start a few new online groups, and our initial finding was it was it was difficult to get new people who weren't already connected to a group into a group. So maybe we were doing something wrong and we're still learning and growing in that area, but that, that was one failure for us uh, that kind of balances out the part about us having higher participation of people who were already plugged into a group. Well, you know, I want to dive into that a little bit because, you know, I've been exposed to the same, uh, same small groups leader. You're talking about it in Saddleback. I was on a zoom call and, and it did the whole conversation raised my antenna to the fact that maybe online groups, even in the future, could be a, a front door to groups. And I started thinking about it because we have people in my church, right? So we're right outside of Birmingham. We have people in our church that have never attended an in-person small group. They're, mm -hmm. they're, I mean, in the, the culture we live in, right? We're isolated. We, even before COVID-19, we're, we're, we keep to ourselves, we're private, we're on social media, those kind of things. That's our culture. And yet they felt comfortable coming to an online group and they have been coming to an online group. Awesome. Um, 
And so, you know, I think that that's important for us to think through, Jay. I think that's a great, that's, that's a great thing to wrestle with as leaders. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a chance leaders, that, that people, it gives them a chance to just see what it's like before they take the risk of stepping into a home. And so, um, you know, once we figure out the challenge of getting people to maybe try that, I can see that 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 would be an easier step for them. Right. And I think, you know, we, we mentioned leadership a couple of times. Um, you work closely with the small group leadership. Obviously, you 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 shepherd them at Brook Hills. And I really do believe that the success or lack thereof of groups online or in person really does come down to the leadership in the group. And uh, because, you know, they kind of set the temperature and the tone for everything. But you, your leaders have done, and you, as their leader, have done some interesting things uh, to keep keep the groups creative and fun. And, and tell us a little bit about the unique approach that you guys have taken uh, to keep it light and fun at Brook Hills. Yes. Well, early on, some of our groups started sending us pictures when they were excited about how many boxes on their screen they had. They would take a picture of that and send it to me, you know, just sharing the excitement. And we thought, hey, that's fun. And also our church staff loved seeing those pictures and who was participating in, in group. And so we started just promoting that week after week. We do a weekly e-news to our small group leaders. And so one of the things we started saying was, hey, keep those Zoom pictures coming. And so we decided one week to make it fun. And um, of course, one of the groups naturally, um, one week, we're just doing some funny things. I think they knew where they were going to send me a picture. And so we're just uh, going to mess with me. And one of them even put on a horse head you know, for their picture and sent that. So we went, okay, let's just run with that. And so we had a, a funny picture contest and uh, we, we gave a prize of like a, a $30 uh, restaurant gift certificate for whoever, you know, the leader of the funniest group. We had one group do a Brady Bunch video. I don't know how they did it, but they managed to get the Zoom, all the guys on one side, the girls on the other, and just, and they played the music. And at the end, they confessed to the copyright infringement of using the, the music, <laughs> but uh, it was awesome. And so it was just funny to see our own people, you know, doing the, like the Brady Bunch thing. That's awesome. And, and that's doing exactly what we talked about earlier. That's getting those people that much more connected, not just yeah. to those groups, but to the church because they're checking out what the other groups are doing. And uh, I see this as a v- very much a, 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 an assimilation process. What we're talking about here today is you get mm-hmm. people connected online, get them connected in the group. And the next thing you know, they're a contributing member uh, at, mm-hmm. of, of your church, of your body as they grow and learn to be better equipped on how to serve and share. So that's, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. One of the groups that uh, you, you've mentioned that you have a, 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 a passion to reach and minister to and help is senior adults. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, Jay, and, and especially even in the context of what we're experiencing right now. Sure. Some people might think our senior adults are a little bit slow to jump on with the technology. And I've got to tell you about one group I have. Um, the first week, by the first week that we didn't meet as a church, they had their own YouTube channel and were, uh, were broadcasting wow. the, the lesson being taught there. And so you can, you can search that, Branches TV, and, and go see a, see a lesson. Um, you know, a couple of the other groups were a little bit slower to um, come on board, but I was in a meeting last week on, on Zoom with one of our other senior adult groups. And um, I'll tell you, to be honest, when, uh, when our group started online, it was wearing me out doing Zoom support, you know, helping them through issues. And we enlisted a volunteer 
who is kind of a, a video, a group video assistant. And so she would log on with the groups for the first time that I was encouraging to get online and she would help answer questions and sometimes, you know, do a phone call on the side to coach through that. I don't know how many times I've heard, okay, touch the screen and your menu will come up and um, things like that. But um, our senior, all of our senior adult groups now are meeting online as well. And so it's, it's been, it's been really neat, but the meeting I was on last week, they'd been using another format and we're coming over to a Zoom for a church-wide senior adult event that we're doing. And so I had my Zoom assistant on there, but um, it went well. It, uh, we didn't need near as much coaching as I thought we were going to. So most of the senior adults have internet, they're connecting with their families already. And so uh, don't be afraid to challenge the senior adults to meet. They, they can do it. That's right. Hey, smartphones, iPads, I mean, they, they really have, have made an approach like this totally doable, even for our seniors. Look, my dad uh, is a Sunday school teacher in his church uh, in Shelby County, Alabama, in his mid-70s. Um, this dude is rocking it, okay? He, he had 17 people in his, in his small group yesterday, so it, it, it can't happen. Well, let me, let me ask you this, because before we get to the next step, I want to talk about you know, what, what have you coached your small group leaders to focus on during this time? Because, you know, I mean, the tendency, I mean, we've seen it with pastors even. The tendency is to approach the video as if you're doing it in person, right? So we've seen these pastors preaching to an empty room. It just doesn't feel authentic. So, uh, you know, some teachers may be tempted to just do a lecture, you know, if that's what they're used to. What, what have you been coaching your small group leaders to focus on during this time? One of the things I realized with, um, with so many of the changes going on in people's lives in the first few weeks of this crisis, uh, staying at home, you know, not seeing people, not connecting with people. Um, I really was worried about the, the community that, that we built in our groups. And so I was actually writing a thing to my leaders. And, and as I started writing, I went, hey, I'm coming up with a lot of C's. And so I thought, um, hey, care, community, content, and challenge. Um, and so I wanted to give them a perspective of each of these. And I said, put those in order of uh, making sure you're taking care of immediate needs first. Secondly, spend more time on community than you would normally. Allow your people to talk with one another on that Zoom call. Don't let it be just a broadcast, but allow people to, to share with one another and have adult interaction. That's really important. Now on content, if we enlarge the community, something has to give a little bit. We're all, we were already getting great content delivered um, live from our senior pastor. And so I encouraged our leaders, hey, back off on the content a little bit and allow people to just build community, keep that community strong within your group and those connections. But one of the things I told them too, we always ask our people to challenge, ask our leaders to challenge the group members spiritually. And I told them, even though you're backing off on content, don't stop challenging people ask people, hey, how's your time in the Word? Hey, how's your prayer life? Hey, are you having any opportunities, even on Zoom meetings, to maybe put in a word or share the gospel, you know, do something. Let's, let's keep those spiritual practices strong. And so I, I challenge my leaders to, to keep challenging their people and not back off on that, even though we're going to back down on content a little bit. Well, that's, that's some great advice, Jay. And I know that has helped a lot of your group leaders have some structure and understanding of what their end goal is instead of just, 
gathering, like Mark said, to give a monologue or a, a lecture and let everybody come in and just zoom in and listen. But that, that creates community. So mm-hmm. that's, that's a fantastic option to, to have this outlet of using technology during this time. But what do you think, what do you think the future of groups looks like? Let's say specifically in your church, uh, future of groups at Brook Hills. Um, you guys probably have a little bit more extensive reopening plan than a lot of churches may because of the size of your congregation. But what did, what does, what do online groups, what does the future of that look like in your church? And what do you think you might be able to share with those listening that uh, might be helpful them to think through some things, the, the application of utilizing technology from here on out, not just as a means to kind of get over the hump right, right now. Yes. Um, we're challenged a little bit at, at Brook Hills because we're in the midst of a building process and it's attached to our present building. And so we're going to have some limitations as far as social distancing while getting people in and out of the building. Um, to other staff members, I refer to it as the cattle shoot that people have to go through to get into our worship room. So we'll have some challenges there that's, that are specifically related to Brook Hills. Um, you know, we would love to um, long-term keep some online groups going. We haven't figured out what that looks like yet, but one of the things I'm starting to hear about is Zoom fatigue because uh, people are online for meetings, on their business, they're connecting so much. And so one of the things I'm going to start doing this week is encouraging our, um, our people, our leaders to take away any of the uh, things that make meetings a challenge. If you've got somebody with a bad connection, call them from the middle of Shelby County, like I do. I have them call on, call in on the phone, yet they still log in so that we can see their picture, but at least we can uh, communicate in that way. So uh, trying to get rid of any of the things that are, that are negative. Um, when we start meeting again, you know, childcare is gonna be a challenge. We realize that some of our groups will be starting to meet before we have any preschool and children's ministries going on on campus. So we're sort of thinking through that. We might have um, have the groups that are co-ed divide up, have the men meet one time, the women meet another. That way the childcare is taken care of. Or if they um, meet together, then maybe they just get their own childcare. So that's gonna be a real challenge for the future. And as we come back, I think it's gonna be really important for our people to know um, what the group is going to be like. Some people are highly cautious about catching the virus. Others are just like, they don't care at all. They assume it's all overblown. And we have people in all of our churches that are, that are going to be across the gamut on that. And so we need to communicate with our people. um, Hey, when you come back, here's what it's going to look like. You know, people will or will not be wearing masks or they'll just be encouraged to. Uh, We'll sanitize the building or the home, wherever the, the meeting is and some things like that are going to be important. Now, another thing to realize, it's also important for those who have no concern about catching the virus. They need to know what their expectations are to be good neighbors, to love their neighbors and help protect others. So if you want them to wear masks, they really need to know, know that in advance. So those are just a few thoughts going forward about our groups transitioning back to um, on campus. And honestly, I don't know a whole lot yet about how we're going to do groups long-term, but I, I really would love, as we've talked, to work on starting some groups online, letting that be a first step. Right. And, and listen, as you listen to this conversation, one thing you can tell is Jay is a process thinker. 
And so if, if, I mean, he's a busy guy, but I guarantee you, if you have, uh, you know, an approach or a thought, uh, that you want to run by him, he would be willing to, to help you think through that because he's, he's a kingdom minded thinker as well. And, and we always close every, every conversation we have with, with a moment of encouragement. And so, um, usually we ask, you know, what, what's something you can say to encourage, but we've got something that we know is going to be encouragement. You are the co-host of great groups podcast. You're, you kind of dream this up. It's your baby. And, uh, and so I would, I would say if, if those listening want encouragement, uh, check out the great groups podcast. I want you to tell us a little bit about it, Jay, because you initially started it and it still is for, uh, primarily for your group leaders at Brook Hills, but really there's broad application way beyond Brook Hills. So tell us a little bit about this podcast. Sure. Um, believe it or not, three years ago, I had never listened to a podcast. I actually Googled how to listen to podcasts and found a Forbes article, just followed through with that and downloaded the app that they recommended. And it was uh, not love at first sight, but love at first listen. Uh, so from that point on, on my commute or on trips, I as I get ready in the morning, I'm list, I was listening to podcasts and loving it, connected with some disciple-making podcasts, and I was learning so much, and so I just love that format. Um, at Brook Hills, we have a, a, a training when leaders come on board. We do a two-hour small group basics class. I'm actually doing that online tonight, and then um, we do two big meetings a year, but I thought I would just love the opportunity to speak into my leaders more often than that, and so um, out of that arose the idea of doing a podcast. And as I was thinking about doing the podcast, I sent a, a poll to my small group leaders and said, hey, do you listen to podcasts? Um, if you do, how long should it be? And when do you listen, you know, commute or at home, whatever. And uh, one of the guys that responded said, hey, I've always been really interested in podcasts. And it was one of my small group leaders. And so um, I saw him at church the next, uh, next Sunday and said, um, Hey man, how would you like to co-host my podcast? He said, I'd love to. And so it was, it was all from there, but um, you know, I wanted a chance to speak into my leaders more and just encourage them uh, more often. And one of the things I realized is that it would, um, it would be an opportunity for other churches to, there are so many churches that don't have a person um, full-time or even part-time to focus on groups. And if I could put out some good basic content that would be an opportunity for other churches to encourage their small group leaders. Hey, I want you to listen to this, you know, once a month or once every couple of weeks, listen to this podcast and let it just give you some new ideas about group. And another motivation for me was I'd listened to some other podcasts that are done nationally and maybe they started out with basics, but a lot of times they're kind of on the fringe with this book or this idea that's not really practical, not just really the nuts and bolts of small group work. And so that's one of the things I wanted to do is stay really practical. You know, if I were doing a football video every or podcast, every time you would, uh, you would tune in and you'd hear about blocking and tackling and all just the basics. And so that's what I want to do with my podcast is really focus on the basics and um, let it be a tool that, that is helpful to not only Brook Hills leaders, but uh, the way we say it, we want to equip and encourage leaders at Brook Hills and beyond. So I want to encourage you with that. Well, listen, episode three, you and Chris talk about 10 ways your group members can kill your online group meeting. That's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. Yes. You need to take a listen. <laughs> well, Jay, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to join us and speak about what God has called you to, to do and the passion he's put in your heart to lead uh, 
small group leaders and to disciple them. And we appreciate your heart for disciple making and how God is using you not only in your church in Brook Hills, but beyond. And this is a prime example of that you had a big impact on Mark and I, you're a huge encouragement to us. We really appreciate you. And I think if we didn't, if you didn't catch that a while ago, Mark has volunteered you to help anybody who contacts you <laughs> with their small group. So uh, we know you well enough to know you wouldn't, you wouldn't turn that opportunity yes, down. Glad, to, love glad to help. I do that all the time. And uh, guys, it's been a pleasure to be on here with you. You guys have both had a, had an impact on my life and, and I really respect what you do in disciple making in your own churches. And so it's a pleasure to be here with you. Awesome. Well, we're glad you joined us, man. And, and if you want to listen to, to his podcast, certainly go over to greatgroups.org. Uh, you can find all the ways to listen there. And uh, I know you've been encouraged and equipped just by being a part of this conversation. And so uh, we're, we're glad that you listened in, you joined us, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app.